ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier, and along with Kate Spencer, I host Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Join us every Wednesday with guests like author Phoebe Robinson, chef Samin Nosrat, actress Busy Phillips, and even former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. On Mondays and Fridays, we have mini episodes where we answer listeners' questions on everyday problems like how useful a butt mask really is, how to deal with a petty friend, or how to relax after a long day. So join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Forever 35, where we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Actually, do you know what? You can shove your Switzerland. So it's Books of the Year, and thank you very much indeed for downloading uh, this particular podcast. The Sanatorium is the latest, and it's the debut release from Sarah Pierce. If if you've missed our conversation, you should go back and hear that first, because you'll hear Matt's sort of borderline xenophobic attack on Switzerland <laughs> and the Swiss, because he he has this kind of veneer of a progressive man but actually yeah. it only mentioned it only deep down you know deep down as soon as we get to snow mountains and toblerone he <laughs> he's just you know maybe it's something to do Take with maybe something to do with football yeah. Yeah, yeah, it uh, might be. Or something well, like that. But anyway, uh, anyway so uh, assuming Matt has got over that and Sarah is prepared <laughs> to tolerate his abuse, Sarah Pierce, the last book that you really, really enjoyed, as in reading. Yeah, I, um, I've uh, been reading actually a few kind of um, debut books which are coming out this year. And one of them, which I have to admit, I don't read a lot of kind of speculative fiction. So it's kind of set in the future. Um, and it's a book called Five Minds by Guy Maupas. Um, and it's described as one body, one killer. Um, and I really loved the book. The kind of premise drew me in straight away. But yeah, it wasn't something I would sort of usually read. Um, and it's kind of set in a future where the Earth's population has been controlled. Um, kind of bear with me here. <laughs> and at 17, you've kind of got to choose how you want to live. And you can kind of be a worker, um, a hedonist, where you kind of have to die at 42, an android, where you kind of get your mind uploaded to a synthetic body um, or a commune, which is five minds in a host body. Um, and you can kind of live for 142 years, so sort of longer than our lifespan now. And it kind of takes you a while to get your head around that sort of idea, um, particularly if you're not used to kind of reading those sort of books. But yeah, it opened up loads of sort of amazing questions um, about the world, about what I kind of I would choose. I had loads of discussions about it. Um, and yeah, it kind of actually follows one of the communes, which is five minds in sort of host body um, and one of them is a killer um, and they're basically only allowed to kind of be awake for certain portions of the day because they share the body so the five minds kind of swap in and out of shifts during the day um, and they try and work out um, who sort of committed the crime uh, so it takes a little while as I said to get your head around it but yeah super super oh. thrilling and just yeah set loads of questions up for me it's really great and uh, give us the author for that again it's Guy Morpus it's his debut novel okay 
Mm. And they've described it as a speculative crime thriller. But yeah, I just love they um, had a really great kind of few great scenes in there where you can kind of earn time. So extra time from your sort of allotted time slot by playing kind of almost like large versions of video games in what are called death parks. Um, and you can actually go onto his website to kind of play some of these games. Um, but obviously they feel very real to you as you're playing. But yeah, it just sort of genuinely blew my mind. I was like, wow. And I've been recommending it to everyone. I, I would say, Sarah, that there are three kinds of writers that we've had on on this podcast um, through the years. And there are those who were read to when they were very small by their parents, um, uh, Enid Blyton, that kind of stuff. There are those who were uh, read to and uh, went out and sought out books very young, uh, early age with their pocket money, went down to WH Smith's and got themselves a, a, a book to, mm. to read by themselves. And there were those who bluntly did not read <laughs> books yeah. that much at all which always seems that odd but but obviously you know whatever whatever age you get into it is great so is there a book that stands out from your childhood as i say either from you going out and buying it yourself or from from parents sitting you down and and reading to you with you Sam? yeah i probably the first and actually the author you mentioned enid blyton um if i had to put pick kind of one author um and one sort of book it would be the sort of folk of the faraway tree for me uh enid blyton just sort of it was captured my imagination immediately and something i love now when i'm reading is sort of that sense of adventure and i think something enid blyton did really well is kind of give you the sense that there's sort of more bubbling underneath the surface of everyday life. I love the idea that you can kind of climb the tree and go into these different worlds. And even now, it's something I still think about. I love the idea of kind of topsy-turvy land and all the different places you could visit. And um, yeah, just every one of her books, even the famous Five, Secret Seven, there's quite a lot of sense of adventure there. And that's just something I love reading even now. Okay, question number three. Do you have a favourite thriller writer, Sarah? Yeah, a very firm favourite, actually. Um, I love Joe Nesbo, um, and I, oh, I yeah. love all of his Harry Hula series, um, but I've been kind of won over by one of his standalones, which I read towards the end of last year, called The Kingdom. Um, and yeah, it's just... I love everything about his writing. He kind of generally starts his book with quite a bang, which I love, sort of hooks you into the story right away. Um, and in the Harry Hula series, I just love everything about Harry as a person. I think he comes across as quite real. He's in like lots of dramatic situations, um, but he's kind of got a lot of internal demons, is quite flawed, but there's always that real kind of sense of humanity. And I think he's quite unflinching with his characters. Not all of them are likeable, but I think that's kind of real life. Um, yeah, and in The Kingdom, his kind of latest book, it's a bit of more of a slower burn I think if you're used to reading the Harry Hula ones it, it's quite different um, it's slightly slower paced but yeah he kind of again builds this character you have um, Roy Opgard who's a brother and his uh, other brother comes back to sort of build a resort in the mountain town um, and he just yeah captures a whole world uh, within the book that I was just immersed in well, uh, another one of his standalones in fact just on my desk here which I seem to remember we interviewed him for ages ago. Anyway, The Sun. Uh, yeah, The Sun we did, yeah, yeah years ago. Have you, uh, which came out, I'm just, try, just trying oh, to see the date. It, but it, it's a fantastic, it's, an, it's, another, it's another standalone. I'm just checking how far, uh, how long ago it was. It's at least five or six years ago. Yeah, 20, 2014. Yeah. Uh, and it's really, really <laughs> extraordinary. Uh, so I think I entirely endorse that, you know, that occasionally he just comes up with something and go, wow. Where did yeah. that come from? And very multi-layered and you're not you and very disturbing and unsettling because you're not quite sure whether you're on terra firma or not. 
yeah, and I think there's something, I like the elements. Um, there's almost sort of slightly touching on horror in parts of it. And it's probably for me, I, 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 I don't say I can't read sort of full, full-blown horror, but I love that kind of touch of macabre, which I know isn't everyone's sort of favourite thing. But I just think he does it, yeah, so well. And again, a really good sense of story. I think you can really see that, yeah, he invests quite a lot in the sort of plotting process, which I love. So I, I do, I, I have a huge amount of respect. We, we were talking uh, before about, you know, the, the great joy of books that are page turners. And I would argue that is one of the most underrated talents of writers oh, yeah. is to come up with a book that people just want to read. I just want to read the next bit and the next bit and the next bit. It's such, a, it's so underrated, oh, yeah. but it's so important as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. And he, he manages to do that and also is so brazen about, and now things are going to get <laughs> really silly. And I don't care what you think. I did. They're just going to get silly. Sorry about that, but that's you know you're going to have to come along with me. Okay. Um. On our next question, Sarah, is um the book you would love to step inside of, maybe just for one day. What what would be that Ooh, book? Yeah, it's kind of probably a book I'd like to step inside of, but I probably step out of just as quickly. Uh, is a book called Thin Air by Michelle Paver. Um, yes. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. probably because I'm a bit of a wimp, I have to say. So it's kind of set in the 1930s, and it follows a kind of expedition. Um, kind of traveling, uh, journey up a, a kind of um, fictional mountain, but kind of very much, uh, you can imagine, sort of Everest. Um, and they're following in the footsteps of this kind of doomed expedition. Um, and it's a kind of ghost story. It's got sort of historical elements, obviously, because of the time it's set. And you've kind of got all this sort of horror um, and terror of the kind of landscape. And it's somewhere I know I would never climb Everest. I know I'd never go to that extreme of landscape. So it's somewhere I'd love to be a part of. And also that kind of golden age of mountaineering, I'd like to sort of snoop on it and stuff but yeah I think I'd probably as soon as it started getting scary head back out of the book straight away I've said of, of all the books to step inside of you've chosen one where it's really cold <laughs> yeah. and dreadful things yeah probably because I would never Brilliant. do it in yeah. real life I'm such a wimp <laughs> yeah but you have to I'm, I think it's very clever Matt because uh, Sarah's just written the sanatorium which is very cold where dreadful things happen so oh, yes. therefore yeah, no, that's it's true. just a way of subtly hooking yeah. us back into the sanatorium yeah. of course yeah that well cold done. landscape well yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah okay is there a book Sarah, that you really had to persevere with, uh, you weren't quite sure about, but you were glad that you did. Yeah, it's probably a book, um, probably a book I read ages ago. I'm probably 10 or 15 years. I have to say now I'm a bit kind of ruthless with books. If something doesn't hook me within the first probably three or four chapters, I do tend to kind of put it down because I have a lot of books I want to read. But there's a book um, called Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett, Mm -hmm. which took me a little while to get into. There's a lot of historical detail. Um, But yeah, just the most amazing book. It kind of follows the sort of building of this cathedral um, and you're just immersed in the world. I don't tend to read lots of historical fiction, um, but yeah, it kind of requires um, quite a sort of constant concentration to sort of, I think it's probably world building is the world they say if you're reading sort of speculative or sci-fi. This is historical, but yeah, you have to immerse yourself in that setting and so much research went into the book. And I think your mind at the beginning is a little bit overloaded with all that detail. But yeah, for me, it was well, well worth it. Is there a book finally, Sarah, that always cheers you up, that you can always go to and it'll put a smile on your face? Yeah, probably um, a book, probably actually... um, a set of poems. It's a poetry book called uh, Shingle Street by Blake Morrison. Um, and it's, yeah, just kind of, I suppose, life-affirming sort of poetry. I, I don't read lots of poetry now. I probably sort of read more when I was younger and kind of on my course. But it's, um, yeah, just a book kind of, it's sort of follows... Um, it's 
a little bit about, uh, well, it's called Shingle Street and it's kind of set in, in by the Suffolk coast. And some of the poems are kind of around coastal erosion um, and the coast itself. But it's as a, as a sort of set of poetry, it kind of moves through the various themes of kind of like life and loss and a whole life. And it sounds a little bit dark, but actually for me, it was sort of super uplifting. It's sort of all about the power of the past. Um, there's an amazing poem in there called Happiness, um, which sums up kind of what happiness is. And yeah, for me, it was kind of very much chimed with me. Um, and yeah, I do like kind of dipping in and out of, of poetry. And yeah, it always sort of cheers me up. Actually, one final question from me. What what accommodation would you recommend for students at Warwick University? <laughs> well, I was firmly, I was Roots. <laughs> yes, I was Roots too. You which, were yes, Roots. I was Roots C36. Where oh, I don't remember. Oh, I don't what? remember my, my room though. But I was always, did you um, have the thing that was kind of like a hierarchy? Was it Arthur Vick was always the kind of more expensive one? Um, oh yeah, there were a few, but yeah, no, I was Roots. That's so funny. <laughs> so I have to tell you, when I went there, it was all free. <laughs> I've oh, got so- no. <laughs> it was. It was no pricing. It was just. Oh, it was. There you are. Have a grant. Help yourself. Carry oh, on. The dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, ours was kind of like a hierarchy. So you had like people going, oh, yes, I'm in the great accommodation. I was like, well, I'll go off to my room. <laughs> well, my first, the, the, Matt, you can tune out. My first year was... Yeah. Did you the, have top banana? Sorry, gone. <laughs> I was roots in my third year, but I was in Tossel Flats for the first Oh, year. yeah, Tossel, yes. Tossel was, as the word might, <laughs> might suggest, no, it was not my favourite, I have to say. And no. it, it backed on to Tossel Woods where strange things went on in the night, including... Oh, yeah. I think they worship the devil and things like that on their way oh to the Sainsbury's. Really? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, it was quite a crazy. Oh, sorry, sorry. They came out of Sainsbury's and they all worshipped. <laughs> yeah, well, the between devil, between right? Tossel and the Sainsbury's, you had to go through Tossel Woods and the, there was devil worshipping <laughs> in the woods. But the advantage, but if you carried on and just repeated to yourself, you know, it'll be okay when I get there, then you could ignore the, uh, the ring ring roses stuff and you'd, you'd get to the. <laughs> the goat head. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get to the frozen fish counter, which is, <laughs> which is always good. Yeah, I anyway. kind of escaped to Leamington to uh, another sort of dodgy house after a while. But yeah, I have fond memories of roots and yeah, various crazy things that went on. <laughs> Tr- tr- truly, this is why people come to this podcast is for the scintillating Warwick University accommodation. That's, that's what that's what that's what pushes us up. Yeah, did you have top? Start, did you have top banana at, at that period? <laughs> the kind yeah. of night out. <laughs> no, no. I, okay, this is this is this is very good. What does top banana mean? <laughs> Don't ask. It was this crazy. <laughs> It was um, just a night out, which I think, I'm trying to think if it was kind of like 80s music. Um, but yeah, it, again, was just involved lots of crazy things that happened afterwards. That would have, but, um, that would have, yeah. that would have been really good, except I was there in the 70s. So if there was, you know, oh, if, oh. if there'd been an evening of 80s music, that would have been you wouldn't have. slightly futuristic. <laughs> I left I left in 1980. So actually, oh, okay, okay, so you did go. <laughs> I was just sneaking in. Futuristic. I did the university. I did Warwick University Radio. That was that oh, was, uh, yeah, yeah. That was, well, it wasn't even well. Raw, it was called it was, was called W nine six three when I was there. Was, we were actually taken yeah. off air because uh, we were brought. Although half the campus couldn't hear it, apparently we were broadcasting <laughs> to the submarines and a whole lot of. The, <laughs> In in Warwick, how submarines? Somehow, the British Navy were the Royal Navy were complaining because the submarines 
were listening to the Radio Warwick output. So they, we, we were shut down what? by the Department of Defence. Oh no! So was it quite a short-lived oh. um, thing then? <laughs> no, we came. We came back came on. Back. We came back on and uh, did a hot rocking show. Oh yeah, no, Raw was quite a big thing. The radio, the student radio. I think it still is now. Actually, it was quite a huge thing there. Everybody listened. No, it was set up by David Davis, the former Conservative. Um, really? Minister. Oh. Yeah, he was an engineering student at Warwick, and he oh, and some colleagues that. set it up. Um, oh my gosh, I didn't know he was a Warwick. Oh. Oh, and funny. Timmy Mallet and Sting. What? Oh, Timmy Mallet? Wow, tr- truly the scions of the British. <laughs> I have to say, no, but I have to say, Timmy Mallet probably was. It was my favourite thing. Word association game, mustn't pause. I love that. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll see you at some <laughs> reunion somewhere around the Tesco's. Sometime, Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, thanks so much. Sarah Pierce's book Cheers. is The Sanatorium. You can hear her talk in depth about that book where you found this podcast. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.